You love Michigan sports. Red Wings, Lions, Tigers, Pistons, Michigan, Michigan State, and the list goes on. And you love beer. Love beer. Who doesn't? What if we mixed the two together? This is State of My Sports. We'll talk everything Michigan sports like only we do, and then we'll down our fair share of beer from a local brewery. Grading the beer throughout the episode, so pop a cold one on your end, and we'll get busy on ours. This is the State of My Sports. That's right, this is State of My Sports, and this is episode 127. We have a lot to talk about. We're going to get into it as quick as we can. Uh, probably a couple of the most entertaining Red Wing games to start a season in a long time. I'm going to uh, talk about that, the drama that happened with um, Larkin. It feels like so long ago. That's one thing that sucks about only doing this once really? a week. It's like, this is, it feels like old news, but we still got to talk about it. I have some opinions about Larkin and, and all that stuff. Uh, the Lions looked awful for the first time. I think they actually looked flat out awful. And unfortunately, we got to talk about that a little bit. Michigan State did, did their job. They're going to make that uh, 7-0 matchup happen on their end. Um, it wasn't as pretty as we thought it, it could be, but we'll, we'll, we'll dissect that a bit and kind of talk about some stuff heading into the, the bye week. Uh, and we're going to have our Pistons preview. Season preview, man. It start, does it start tomorrow? It's tomorrow, right? Because today's Tuesday. The game's tomorrow. on yeah. Wednesday. And all the games are starting today, right? And then or Pistons the is tomorrow? Yeah, Pistons okay. tomorrow. Nice. Um, we will for our betting hero segment. We'll make our picks against the spread, and of course, we're going to grade some Michigan beer um, from Sicilianos Market. I'm Sam Waldart. Today we got Ryan Waldart and Hello. Micah Smith. What's up? Rocking the Big Lake Brewing hat. That looks really nice. It's a good hat. I actually so I'm this close to pulling the trigger. I actually ordered three hats oh. today for State of My Sports, but they're three different colors. I went with that style. No way. One of them was that color scheme. I want to see how the logo looks on it. Oh. But three different colors. So we got the, the royal blue and gray coming, and a black and gray, oh. and then a navy and gray. Mm, that black and gray be, sounds I nice. I thought those would be the best colors to try, so we're going to try all three of them. just do all of them. Let's get all just of them. all colors. <laughs> Just make it so anybody can. Um, I don't know if we're gonna sell these or how how it's all gonna happen, but I I wanted to get get that going. So that's where do I go to buy that? Uh, Just show up every Tuesday for the next year, and you'll get a hat. Got it. (laughs) Perfect. Done that before. I'll do it again. If you're uh, watching live uh, on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, please let us know. Throw some comments out there. Be part of the conversation. We're we're just sports fans, and we want to know your guys' uh, opinions as well. Uh, so please be part of the conversation. Let us know what you're drinking as well, which is always uh, fun to get people involved and hear what everybody's drinking on a nice Tuesday night. Before we get into the episode, I did want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsors that help keep this thing rolling and keeping it free for our listeners, the Hops Brewing Company and Cafe. Uh, we were there last week. Great time. is the official brewery of State of My Sports. Sicilianos Market helps us pick out our Michigan beers for each and every episode. Mac Web Design helped us get our website up and running. And bettinghero.com helps us and you get the best promos available in the sports betting world. Mikey, you actually signed up. Did you? Ofi- are you officially in, or do you haven't deposited uh, no, any money? No, still haven't gotten no. that far yet. I got signed up, got really pumped, and I. Took I think there was some intoxication happening. So oh, was this was this Saturday <laughs> when you guys were at the wedding? Was that Saturday? 
I don't know if it was – did I text you Saturday? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know, but I was so pumped. I'm like, I'm signing up. No, 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 this was Friday. Was it? Yeah, yeah it was Friday. It yeah, was definitely right. Friday. You, you really you wanted, to, you wanted to get money on the Michigan State game. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted really to get money on it. the Michigan State game. That was your goal. I wanted to so bad. And, you know, I'm kind of glad I didn't because I would have been sweating it out. Oh, man, I was – Like yeah. that two hours, I would have really been pulling my hair out. But, yeah. I mean, they pulled it out. They did. They so, did. Yeah, I mean, they got the, the win. But you guys were at a wedding together, right, this weekend? How'd that go? We were. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. it was awesome. How was Nate? Was Nate feeling pretty good? Listener Nate? Oh, yeah. Listener Nate did uh, did his job as about as well as you could ask any best what, man to do his job. He was the best man? He was the best man? He was the best man, yeah. 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 He's a good guy. Oh, man, he's a great guy, yeah. Um, I should bring I got to see him. where you know his, his where he lives now. Gave him a ride home, so that was, oh, did he? It was really? good. He got home yeah. safely. He yeah. actually lives pretty close to where Fuzzy lived. Yeah. Um, oh, really? I forget what street that is. Right over. Well, it's not like it reveal where he lives. That's true, know, but I'm just saying. Where Fuzzy, nobody knows where Fuzzy lives, though. Right. Exactly. So we'll, or used leave to it live. like that. Yeah. We'll just leave. You know, like really, like <laughs> wow, I think the address is like 3844 in, in Catamount and Ada. Man. <laughs> exactly. Way out there. Whoa. He's, he's doing pretty way well. Let's just say that. Oh, way. Put it in the net. Man, we got the Red Wings going on here in the background. Now, I, I, I'm, I picked the wrong side when I decided to set things well, up. You picked the right. I side. I should be able to see the. No, no you'd be, be so distracted. distracted. That's you, a great point. Yeah, <laughs> I got enough going on over here to. We are true professionals over here. We can keep it together. Oh. Yeah, but all right. So Michigan, they, they did their job. They got to seven and zero. Michigan was on their bye week, but I did want to talk a little bit about Michigan, and um, I, I don't think we should be concerned. They're what twenty one and a half point favorites, big favorites. Northwestern, you should be able to handle them. Yep. I'm a little nervous because, <laughs> like, I, look, I'm not nervous we're going to lose this game. I don't think. Nervous I mean, I, I'm going to be, be nervous. I'm going to be nervous that we're going to lose this game until the game's over, pretty much. <laughs> because, I mean, didn't they? Really they with made, Northwestern. They made a change at quarterback, and they, they just beat Nebraska. What was the score? 21-7? Something like that? And we, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you're right. They're playing better, and they're, they're, the ty- they're that type of team that they're going to punch you back. You know what I mean? They're, they're the Detroit Lions of, of the – Big Ten right now because they're, yeah. they're biting kneecaps on the way back up. They're not going to stop. I'm even thinking they're they more like a Sparty, you know, like they're, they've got that kind of an attitude that can show up at any week. Yeah, every, any any I, given Saturday. Yeah, I just I don't know. I I'm a little nervous about it. I'm I'm really curious if if we're going to notice anything different about this offense. You know, like after the bye week, but you also have that big game coming. You don't want to like show too much. Like, what do you guys think heading, heading into this game? I I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of difference. I mean, maybe improvement on the passing game. Yeah, you're still going to see a lot of run game against Northwestern. They've got one of the worst run defenses. Yeah, the and, Northwestern does. Yeah, and, that and should I, be a, a major advantage for Michigan. Right, and and I think they're going to play to that advantage and not really let Cade pass a whole lot, simply because they want to just dominate this win. They want to put their their foot on the gas. And get through this win. They they don't want to have anything cut too close. Yeah. And and it, I hate saying it because if, if it doesn't happen, it, it sounds bad. But they want their starters out at halftime, Probably. ready to just kind of like start focusing on without without overlooking, but start you know taking it easy and focusing on on the game at seven and zero. Hopefully, if if Cade is not going absolutely nuts on this team, then I think you have to find time to get J.J. in there too. Yeah. Give him yeah. real real playing time, real command of the offense yeah. for, for a few drives in a row, not just like this one you know, bomb pass that's just perfect and then and then th- put your third string in. Like I, I want more 
if Cade if Cade is McNamara is not like uh, taking over the game and really coming into his own through the year, then I want to see who can do that. Yeah, and, that, and that's what I'm looking for in this game. No, I, I completely agree. I feel like I, I I don't remember exactly the scenario last time I felt this way, but it was like I think it was against like Navy. Was it Navy or Army or something that we played a couple years ago? Uh, we had Air Force. I was think, it Air a couple, Force? Couple of years, and it was like a really close game. Right, we were at the garage. I believe, or not the garage. I'm, we were at the we were at Tin Can. I want to say it was, it was a Air Force. And bikes day, right? Yeah. Okay. But like, I remember like going into that thinking, all right, let's get a big lead and see what. I think it was um, Dylan McCaffrey. Then, what can Dylan McCaffrey yeah. come in and do? See our second string and, and like kind of thinking that far ahead. I want that to happen. I don't want to start thinking that and overlook this game. And all of a sudden, you're sitting here heading into the fourth quarter, like. All right, let's let's take this game over. Yeah. Let's put this away. You know it's what I mean? Like they, they had that funky offense that Don Brown of all people couldn't figure out. Yeah. But uh, let's see here. So we got a listener, Charles. Charles. Yeah. Hey, thanks for watching. Yeah. Charles says Michigan and Harbaugh have gotten back to Michigan football, and best hire this year was McDonald as DC. I agree. I actually listened 100%. to I listened to an interview with him on ninety seven on the ticket today, and I he he sounded exactly like a Harbaugh, and I know it's like. Not necessarily a good thing. But like <laughs> he he had that little bit of a quirky, like long answers, very slow, like talk. And it just it reminded me so much of Harbaugh. And obviously McDonald coming over from John Harbaugh's staff in in uh the Ravens right. over to Jim. It's just like it sounds like he, he has that same voice that I think this this you know, team needed. Yeah. I yep. I like what he what he's doing. Like I again Dumb at the football here. I don't see schematically the goods and the bad that he's done that Don Brown couldn't do. That's all over my head. Yep. The numbers speak for themselves. This defense has been awesome. The defensive line is putting on great pressure, and I feel like they're just working their way back. Everybody's kind of working in unison, and it is a complete unit. I think what you're seeing is he's giving his best defensive players space to work and do what they do well. So when when they have these big-time recruits, they're not just being shoved as like a safety, you know? Yeah, like Dax Hill is being used in a way that best utilizes his ability. Yeah, and he's not just being thrown in as safety and be like, you know, intercept the ball every once in a while. When he's at his most effective is when you don't know what's coming next. If he's gonna uh, blitz or if he's gonna play the corner, you know, slot cornerback. Like that's that's where he's shows his athleticism more than anything. And he's he's a smaller type of explosive athlete, and he's being used perfectly. So to me. With that kind of when with his ability to identify these the skill guys on defense and utilize them to the best of their ability, that is like the perfect mark of a coach. Man, I I don't know what to think heading in this game. I'm just really excited, and it's not necessarily I'm excited for to watch this game from start to finish. I'm excited for what just winning can do, and we'll get into like what Michigan State did, and just winning was enough. I didn't care; it didn't matter, and I want that same thing for Michigan. Yeah. I'm going to say those words, and I'm going to be sitting there. If, if it's a close game like Michigan State just went through, I'll be terrified, and I'll be angry because you should take care of business. You should go out there and dominate this game. Um, but I guess I guess we'll see. What do you guys think? And, like, Mike, real quick, wrap up the Michigan talk here. Yeah, I mean, don't think that Pat Fitzgerald is not going to come in with his boys not ready to play. That's a great that point. is not his M.O. He's always had his team ready to go. I, I, I think there's a huge – there's a huge talent gap, and I think there's kind of this this lack of talent on his end. I mean, he 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 coaches for Northwestern. I get it, 
But in the end, he does get his guys ready to play. And I don't think it's a trap game. It, it could be closer than what it should be, but there's there's a good chance that Michigan comes out of the gate ready to go, ready to go 7-0. Yeah, I, I don't think they're talented enough for this to be an official trap game. That's nope. the way I'm looking at it. It is time to create our Michigan beers for this episode. Did it again. That's two. It is time now. to introduce our Michigan beers for this episode. But before we do, I want to remind everyone of our partner, Sicily Annals Market. They are simply the best beer store in West Michigan, located on Lake Michigan Drive, right between Grand Valley State University's main campus and downtown Grand Rapids. Wherever you live in West Michigan, it is worth the short drive for what they have to offer. Whether they know what you want or need some help from their expert staff, Sicily Annals Market is the best place for that. They not only have a massive and up-to-date inventory of the best craft beers from across our great nation, they are individually priced so you can mix and match to build your own six-pack. They obviously have a great selection of craft beer. They also have specialty wines, spirits, ciders, coffee, tea, tobacco, and cigars. Siciliano's Market also has the largest selection of homebrew and winemaking supplies in West Michigan. We love that Siciliano's Market is part of the State of My Sports family, and it is who we visit to help us choose our Michigan beers for each and every episode. So please check them out and let them know that we sent you. All right. I am drinking today, uh, courtesy of listener Kyle, not former, or not former, I shouldn't say so, former. Whoa. He's not Slow former. The, the guy that we don't know where he is, the, the Kyle that everybody knows and loves and misses so so He'll be much. back. He'll be back. Hopefully, if he's listening or watching, text me your picks so I can get those in. Yeah, there's too, no John, chance. No you chance guys can is. get that in there. Uh, I'm drinking from or, Oradoc, Oradoc uh, Bums Beach. It's the American Wheat Ale, uh, 12 ounce, obviously. Uh, 5.8% alcohol by volume. Ordock is uh, in Marquette, Michigan. So uh, my coworker Kyle was in Marquette just a couple weeks ago. For so his father-in-law, I think, played for is it Eastern Michigan that's out there? No, no, not no, not Eastern. What are you talking about? Michigan Which, Tech? No, the one that plays in the dome. Which one plays in the dome? In the dome? Yeah, the like north, s- man. Northern Michigan. Northern Michigan. Northern Michigan. Obviously, oh. northern. That was dumb. Why did I say Come on, Michigan? now. That was really dumb. Uh, northern Michigan, he played for them, and they were, like, celebrating him. Uh, or not him, but the team that they that he played on. So he was up there. He picked out a couple beers from Ordock. Uh, he actually was was uh, the one that picked up the Black Rocks as well. So he had a couple breweries, which is cool. Uh, so thank oh. you, Kyle, for that. I'm going to give this one a grade at the end of the episode, and, and we'll see how it goes. 25 IBUs as well. Pretty how solid. Pretty solid. he miss? Mike, what are you drinking? Slarkin. From Black Rocks, Oktoberfest Marzen-style lager. Uh, it's a traditional Marzen-style malt forward with a balanced bouquet of select noble hops. Uh, and uh, I'm not going to try and read the next part. We'll try that later. Uh, let's see here. Enjoy within six months. They've got it. They've got it on the can. You got to enjoy. Smart. I feel like all. I think Black, Hawk, Black Rocks does that. It's smart because good, yeah. people may forget, might just be in their fridge too long. And I don't see a percent on here. I don't know. I guess we'll see if it comes out, out by at the end of the episode here. Ryan, what are you drinking? I'm drinking Double Voyager, Double New England IPA from Arvon Brewing Company. Um, this is a 9.0%er Double New England style IPA with Galaxy Citra and Mosaic Hops. So, you know, we, we love the uh, Arvon IPAs, and this yeah, one's not disappointing. Definitely. They they, they came out with uh, the Voyager, Double Voyager, and Triple Voyager Triple, yeah. this last week. So yeah. uh, check that. Check out all these, these breweries. They all make some great beer, so please check them out. 
Um, any comments coming in on, on what people are drinking today? I don't know if we had any. Uh, I haven't seen any yet. All right. They'll, they'll probably come flying in here very soon. Uh, but Did you want to say something? I wanted to say, let's talk some Red Wings. That's yeah, what I there wanted to go. say. That's what I wanted to say. Um, they are 1-0-1. Right now they're, they're in a nail-biter with a 0-0. Is it still 0-0 over there? Yeah. Um, three points out of a possible four. Uh, first game against Tampa. Second game was against who? Who was it? No. Vancouver. 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 Newest Canadian team. Uh, not a whole lot to unpack here. And, and I don't. this isn't going to be a thing that we talk Red Wings every single week. Same thing with the Pistons. But when something big happens, we got to – Kind of got to get into it, and we'll kind of touch base with some of the the stuff that we've talked about in the preview, um, throughout the season and stuff. But uh, the first thing that stood out to me was Cider, uh, the three assists already in the first two games. That, that's great to see. More importantly, twenty uh, minutes and twenty one seconds against Tampa, and then twenty two minutes and fifty five seconds in Game Two against Vancouver. Uh, they're they're trusting this guy, and I love seeing it. He he looked very very nervous that first halfway through the first period. I thought. And then yeah. he really, it really, uh, you got to take that or no? It, I'm not buzzing. Somebody's phone's ringing. Is that you, Micah? Mm-mm. Sorry, guys. Whose phone is that? I don't know. I think it's just a uh, little feedback. That is cr- Really? Yeah, we should I'm just ne- keep going, see what happens. That's interesting. My bad. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was somebody's vi- phone vibrating. That's crazy. Ryan, you want to take that? Uh, oh, anyways. Yeah. Be right back. Uh, that's so distracting. It so is. <laughs> Sorry about that. I gotta, just got to <laughs> move on here. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's nice to see. He looked very nervous at first, then he kind of got got his feet under him and, and played well um, through the rest of the game. Uh, the number plus minus isn't anything too exciting about, but uh, we'll see how, kind of how that goes. Raymond got one assist. I think it was that first game. He played 16 minutes, 27 seconds, and then 13 minutes, 54 seconds game two. Both these guys look like they belong. And that's, I think, the most comforting thing, or comforting thing to see because – we our prospects have come up time and time again and struggled and haven't looked ready to play in the NHL. These guys, as young, I think twenty and twenty-one year old kids, uh, maybe even younger, uh, they're they're ready to play and it's awesome. And and they're not going to lose these jobs no matter what happens here. And love so, that. so who are the who are the young guys that have struggled? Who who are some of those guys oh, that you're thinking? I don't of? know if anybody's oh like in the past. Yeah, just I, in I recent memory. Zadina struggled to come up. Like he didn't produce. I mean, not that Raymond's produced yet, but Rasmussen. He, yeah, Rasmussen. Mantha was was one of those guys that yep. took a while to get up and, and play. Uh, Chalowski was a supposed to be a really good defenseman. He came up and couldn't keep his job. Uh, I mean, I, I, well, I, I guess goes on. Yeah. It, it's, it's a lot of a lot of players. I guess what I was getting at is like a lot of those guys are on this team ready to produce. They are now, and they're here. Yeah. So if you if you get some of these rookies that are ready to produce as well at a younger age, yep. a pretty good mix that you might be able to get there. With yeah. And talent the key wise. is so I mean, Cider did play that full year in Grand Rapids two years ago, so that was a good taste for him. But like a guy like Lar- uh, Raymond just coming over and making the team right away is is important, you know. Um, that's the kind of stuff that we haven't seen. I mean, I forget if no Larkin made the team right away. Bertuzzi had a year or two in yep. GR when Tatar and Nikos were coming up. They they had a couple years in GR. I think they all played like, together. All along of these the guys, Calder. yeah, all of these guys kind of had their time in GR to develop. And I, I like that we're at a point that we're not keeping them down just for the sake of keeping them down and develop. You know, what I mean, Th- let them that, develop on the job. It almost felt like that was like Ken Holland's mo. 
Like from, mm-hmm. from the top, hey, got to keep the guys down. Yeah. Got to keep the guys down. Got to keep the veterans happy. Yep. So game game one was was crazy. That's the one that I, I, I want to dig into just just a little bit more or less because of the Larkin stuff. Um, for the people that missed it, he kind of got bumped from behind. It was an awkward hit. I personally didn't think it was dirty. I, I was very surprised by by how by what escalated after that. So I, I, I don't need to get into all the boring details of what happened before. <clears throat> and all that stuff, but basically, go see it on Twitter. It was uh, the refs did not let these guys settle it early on, and it got chippy, it got ugly, and um, Larkin kind of got it put in an awkward position. It was dangerous, but it wasn't like what's the word I'm looking for? It wasn't it wasn't malicious at all. I didn't think. And then Larkin got up and sucker punched the guy with his glove on, just got up and decked him right in the face. I, I'm listening to Bally Sports guys. Like I, I think I think Ken Ken Daniels does a great job. Uh, Mickey Redmond is what he is, um, but like they're all like Larkin deserves like the, they like they were defending Redmonds like they do like it is. But like I sit here and I'm listening to all these other fans like call into these radio shows the next day, and everybody's like, I'm so glad Larkin did that. It's about time he was cheap shotted and. Yeah, he stood up for himself. I'm like, dude, do you, do you guys realize what you just watched happen is stuff that we have hated about so many other players in this league for a very long time. Like Crosby, like, I don't want to compare Larkin to Crosby, <laughs> but everything that people hated about Crosby as he was coming into the league with his, I can't think of a word that's not swearing. It's actually two swear words that come to mind. Um <laughs> I shouldn't say it. I'm not going to nope, say it. Don't say it. Um, but female dog oh, okay. buttness, basically, is where, <laughs> where I'm going at. Um, he is he's, he's a whiny little baby, and he he's exactly what people hated about Crosby without the upside of what Crosby was, if that makes sense. And it's blowing my mind that people are just letting this guy get away with it because they're Red Wing fans. And look, I get it. You're a Red Wing fan. I'm, I'm a really big Red Wing fan, but I also am a hockey fan. I like the game of hockey. And the way Larkin handled that was the exact opposite of what old school people want and new school people want. It makes no sense what he did. It make, There's no reason why people should defend it. There is no reason. Like, he should have been suspended. And luckily, he came out and said all the right things. But that's just another thing with Larkin is I feel like he says the right things, but he doesn't even believe the words that are coming out of his mouth. I'm just kind of going off right now. Like, just so many it's different fine. things. I mean, what, what did you guys think of the situation? I, in the moment, I had no problem with what he did. I I feel like, okay, it wasn't, like, the, the malicious level wasn't at a 10. You know, I, I thought it was, like, a 6 or a 7, maybe. The, the well, hit he the took. Hit. The hit he took. But I think what compounded his emotions was from last year when he took that that cross check from yeah. what was it Jamie Ben? That's another thing that I hate. I hated. Sorry, keep going. But but I'm gonna disagree. But yeah, but yeah go ahead. Okay, well, <laughs> he ended up with a neck injury, and yeah. so and so basically what it is is he got really pissed off. He's already known to have this neck issue. He doesn't want to have it again, and everyone around the league knows that. So he got pretty defensive. Sucker punched the guy, and. After watching it, 
you almost see like no one come to his defense and, and that's, anywhere as close. And that's the key, I think. And and that that is the the whole my whole thing with Larkin is I don't think he is leadership quality because of that. That right there tells me, yeah, they, people didn't really care. You don't think he's he's won the locker room over? No, I don't. You don't think he's got the respect of his teammates? I think they respect him, but I don't think they respect him the way that a captain is supposed to be respected. I think they respect. But you felt the same way about Crosby when he was first getting the the C on his jersey. It was way too early, and but I mean he was the best in the world right away. So like it's it's a different thing. Like people respected Crosby because of what, his talent, his talent, and how great he was coming into a man's league, being mugged, and I mean he had a reason to to whine and complain and and all that stuff. And I guess Larkin does too, but Larkin does not have the. The skill to he back does it not up. have the skill to back it up. He does not have the respect of being like, yeah, I just show up and I'm really great. And I'm not saying that Crosby didn't put in the hard work, but like, there's a difference between being the best player because you just are, and being the the real true leader of that. Team. So I I don't have a whole lot to say about this because I don't know the unwritten rules of hockey, I guess. But um, I I have a hard time with unwritten rules of baseball too, kind of, and. So if I'm going to look at it from a logical point of view, I would think that you would want your player, your guy and your team to, especially especially your captain, to, to bring some emotion and to want some to change the franchise a little bit. So if he if he was getting chippy because he's ready to compete and he's like, no, screw you guys, I'm going to come back and do. This. And if they were if he felt like they were being, you know, unnecessarily rough or I don't know what what you know, I, I watched it. I didn't really yeah. see that big of a deal actually. Yeah. Um, but I, I I don't know. I think if, if it was his emotion coming out and his like competitiveness coming out, I think that might translate through the rest of the team in the locker room. But that's where I'm just like, you can, like, this is, and I've always thought this way, and there's other hockey players that think different, but you can do whatever the heck you want to me. Do whatever it is. You can tell me the meanest thing about my mom in my ear, and if I turn around and react, then I'm putting myself above the team. But if somebody's doing it to my teammate and I'm going to step up for him, that's when I can get away with punching a guy and fighting a guy because I'm defending a teammate. Larkin was defending himself. Larkin wasn't you know, playing the game with an edge. He lost his temper and looked like a little baby, put himself above the team when the team was up. And that's exactly what Tampa was trying to do. That's exactly what teams do when they're not when things aren't going well. Is they try to agitate. They try to get somebody to flip off or flip out, get a five minute penalty, score two goals on it. That's exactly what happened. They did exactly what they wanted to do, and it wasn't like a dirty play, really. Like I mean, it was an awkward play, but it wasn't anything out of the ordinary that doesn't happen in this league each and every game. That's the way I look at. It. There was a much worse hit on Rasmussen later on in that game, in my opinion. Yeah, it was same same dude who scored both, right? Uh, I don't was, remember if it was. I, don't, yeah, I think was it was. Was it Joseph that got him too? It might have been. I guess I don't know that, but I mean, it was. I was angry, and I I was angry at Larkin, and it, you guys know I don't like Larkin. I'm not a big Larkin fan, so <laughs> I think if we're, I, that's if I some of this is if yeah. I see something like that, I'm gonna. But, but I pointed this stuff out heading into the season, and that's exactly what we saw heading in here. He's he's not leadership quality, he, and that right there tells me. He's not a true leader of men. He's 
saying the right things. He's Man. the one that he's the one that shows. He's the one that gets on the ice first and gets off the ice last. Got it. Well, I. But thought, he's also the one that's going to say all the right things. But you know, he's not saying. He doesn't even believe what's coming out of his mouth. So, and people can find that. And <laughs> people can like Matt Patricia, very fake, right? We knew that. Yep. Pretty quick. Larkin is fake, in my opinion. Question. Yeah. Is there anyone on this team that would defend anyone else on the team? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's plenty of guys that, that, sh- that would. I mean, Bertuzzi's always ready to defend. But if you watch the second game, He's he crazy. did a lot more in that second game because I think that that was the message in the locker room was Larkin did this. Somebody else should have been in there way before he was, before he even had a chance to throw a punch. And that is, I think, the message that was said in the locker room behind closed doors is, look, defend each other. Fight for each other. Because you're not going to – don't fight for yourself. Fight for one another. Man, that, so what he did actually created a really good message. No, I I, dis, I still disagree Oh, okay. No. So <laughs> I thought you were – this is kind of a downer. I thought you were going to talk about how they were 1-0-1 and they're actually looking <laughs> really good tonight and, like, they look a little bit different with all this young talent that's they, blossoming right in front I of think, our eyes. I think they had a winning record through five games last year. Yeah, too, they did. So. I think uh, – well, what's his name that we traded away? Uh, Mantha. He had Mantha, a, Mantha yeah. had like six goals in yeah, five games. Four, I think he scored four in the opener against Dallas. Just like uh, Bertuzzi. Might have been two years ago now. I don't know. Was it Bertuzzi? Bertuzzi had four. Yeah, he had yeah four. game one. Yeah, I mean, I should have brought that up. So but. listener Charles said, Larkin is young, though he will grow into the wearing the C. I sure hope so, man. Either that or trade him. I'm, I'm ready to move on. I would love to see him get traded for like, even though I don't like Jack Eichel, be, be part of that. But, I mean, hey, people grow up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he Look might. Me. Just, he might just grow up. <laughs> <laughs> might. We'll see. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how the, how the rest of goes. Especially if he keeps playing on the fourth line. He's, I mean, like, <laughs> he's, we don't need he's to get the fourth into guy that. at fourth center on the ice. Fourth right? center on the yeah. ice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Drinking craft beer, having fun, and talking sports in the state of Michigan. <laughs> You're listening to State of My Sports. What's going on in the comments right now? What? what, what, what Something's what, going what, on in the comments. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, what? I don't know, but Harry I just asked, really? "How do you know Sam?" And I'm very confused. What's going on? I, I just, you I see know. that on there? Something's yeah. going on. Yeah. Let's clear this up. Uh, Let's clear it up. Let's just later skip the lions. Talk. Oh, okay. No, well, I'm game for that. <laughs> well, um, Sam's family. Lions played by far <laughs> the worst game. It had no answer or fight back for the first time this season. Uh, they were down 10 nothing at half. They were outscored 10 nothing in the third quarter and then 14-11 in the fourth for a 34-11 loss. Um, Goff, 28-42, 202 yards, one interception. Swift and Williams combined for 35 yards and 17 carries. Derek Barnes had a nice game with six tackles. Julian Aquara, three tackles and a sack. Austin Bryant also had a sack. There you go. Moving on. Yep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, uh, as much as it would be fun to just move on and, and pretend it didn't happen, um, I, I don't. I don't think we need to get into the game necessarily. If there, there's some stuff that stands out that you guys want to bring up, um, I mean, obviously go for it. I think what what Lions fans I think were hoping for was the emotional Dan Campbell. It, what what we saw after the the Vikings loss would translate into an absolute battle for these guys. And that these guys would come out and play for them and come out and, and not 
you know, and just battle. And and I, I hate saying that they didn't because I honestly think they did in the first half. Oh, I they, thought battled. they battled. They battled very well. Yep. And the offense really, again, let this team down yeah. in, in crucial situations. And it wasn't turnovers. It wasn't um, – well, I guess there was, a, I think, a turnover. But There's some sacks. It wasn't like anything crazy. It was just no rhythm. And that offense absolutely sputtered. And it – I mean, 10 – they were lucky. To, I mean, it could have been 7 nothing actually heading into that halftime. Look, it last year – been a game. I, th- I think the story of this team so far is um, last year had had, had an historic – bad defense mm-hmm. and I, I that was their worst defense in their in their franchise history and this year we were we were not expecting a lot different even though we did address a few of the positions um there's a lot of negativity going into the year and i think the defense has actually stepped up they've been ready to play and in, in this game it should have been a competitive game with the way this defense played three through three quarters and especially through the half, you know the half, they kept him in it, and there was no business for them to have that many opportunities against them, and only be ten nothing a half, and then you know they they scored in the third whatever, but they they were still competitive all the way through that third quarter, and I think the consensus was you know they ran out of gas, you know that many opportunities you get figured out, you get worn down, and you start losing. Dan Campbell didn't like that response. He he said that was not a good excuse. They they need to keep him in it, but you're right. The real the real issue here is their offense had zero rhythm had no continuity at all with like play calling execution uh uh, an ability from jared goff to make something happen when nothing is there like Mm -hmm. there's no creative ability on this offense and it and we've seen that all year like name name a game besides the 49ers in the second half where we came to play on offense like the bears yeah, they they actually did, but they fumbled it away, and, and you know the execution got them in the end. Mm-hmm. And they, they you cannot give up the first four drives like they did, and we saw the complete opposite this time. There was no execution, but there was also no like movement of the ball ever. Mm-hmm. They just like where where are the playmakers? Where are where's the ability to get the ball in space and then just make something make a guy miss? So do you- for eight yards. Like that—that's not—that should not be hard in this league. Yeah, and it looks really hard right now. It looks really hard. Do you think that's just golf, or do you think so? Uh, Charles actually commented again. He said he wants to see Lynn go. It's not all on golf. I mean, I don't think it's all on golf. I completely disagree. You, you I don't saw think this Rams you get little Lynn because of. What I we're think seeing. you look at the Rams last year to this year. Their offense didn't change at all except for the Stafford swapping. Yeah, with golf, and they got a worse running game. And they have a worse running game in there, and they are like. I mean, they're not even close to the same team offensively. They are a dominant offensive team right now, and with Goff, they were they they couldn't do exactly what we. <laughs> they were a teens scoring team. Like they would not score into the twenties very often, and they were winning close games in the teens. Mm. And and they wanted to change because there's no creative ability with this guy. And I I don't I don't I'm agree. S- I think as an offensive play caller, how are you supposed to call plays where one misassignment equals bad play? You look at Mahomes and what he does. If there's one missed assignment, he makes a guy miss and throws the ball downfield 35 yards. Yeah, because he's looking downfield. And I'm not saying we need Mahomes. I'm saying he's not an NFL caliber starting quarterback. If you're looking to have him help your teammates, he doesn't make his teammates better. It, he completely relies on his, the execution of his teammates. Sorry, I'm yeah. Just well, up no, space. I I don't even think like he's lazy. He's lazy with everything that's happening in front of him. He doesn't care to look for the next guy 
There are so many times, and I know we say it all the time, there was a wide-open guy. A wide-open guy here, a wide-open guy here. He missed Hawkinson, which I know was a miscommunication allegedly, but he missed him wide open um, on a fourth pl- fourth down play again. Um, well, he, first of all, he threw the ball away, which <laughs> what in the world? I don't know. And he left a guy wide open on the right side of the field. Again, like it. There, I think I don't want to hate on Goff because he's a nice guy and like he's saying all the right things, but he does not give an F right now. Well, and I think when I when I'm saying creative ability, I'm not. I'm thinking like you know when when there's a broken play when when things are not going exactly to script. So he might know the defense that he's looking at when he gets to the line of scrimmage. He might be able to diagnose what defense they're playing and what strengths now his offense has and be able to check out of things. He might have that ability, but what I'm saying it, when he loses his creative ability, it's when he gets the ball in his hands, and now everything's on him to make this right decision. And he has the ability to look at his first option here. There's a second option coming, the third option over there, and a dump down over here. He doesn't have the ability to see the field as it's developing. I think he literally goes from one to two to three, and and he doesn't have that like quick ability to know when to jump from one to three and one to you know when to just like okay. force it in there quickly yeah. because you don't ever see that. You yeah. don't you don't see the ability downfield ever, which is always your second option most most times down the field i think he goes from one to four which is the check down because he doesn't have that uh, confidence ability in his arm anymore like something between his head is in his helmet is like yeah. messed up and, and for charles charles sake look i i think there there is some bad play calling in there i don't want to throw it on on lynn and i don't i think he's proven enough like to say get rid of him i think is a little bit of an exagger like over overstatement um but I, I understand the frustration with Lynn too because there hasn't been a whole lot of creativity. Uh, more or less, like seeing you know Swift and, and Williams on, on the field at the same time. You, you you're weak in the wa- wide receiver room, so then take advantage of it with your if you want to call it depth at a uh, running back. Room. Yeah, I agree. Um, that would be great to see. But at, the running back or wide receivers are bad. We know that, but they're not this bad. Nobody in the NFL. Nobody's wide receiving core is this bad the way that Goff is making them look. He's not making them look any better, if that makes sense. And that's another frustrating thing. Um, and, and Dan Campbell, he, he kind of came out with some statements, and it gets a little messy here, um, but about uh, Goff. He said, I, f- I feel he needs to step step up more um, than he has, and I think he needs to help us uh, just like everybody else. I think he's going to need to put a little bit of weight on his shoulders uh, here, and it's time to step up, make some throws, and do some things. Uh, When I first heard these these comments, I didn't even realize it was like I just agreed completely. It's like, well, yeah, obviously, yeah, this is, (laughs) and you should be able to say this about your quarterback. Then Chris Carter got on there. I don't know if you guys heard this or not. But mm-hmm. he basically, I think he's on like Good Morning Football or, or something. I, I don't know what that's show a was that's in. a thing. Sounds yeah. cute. Uh, anyways, it's Hot Take Central, and people probably didn't watch the Lions game or watch the whole press conference and stuff like that. But I guess Chris Carter's like, this is not the right coach. It's an amateur coach. This is terrible. I have the whole quote here, but you guys know how I read and how long it could get. It's not worth getting into. If you guys find it, you just can't go to a press conference and just speak off the cuff. No, that's not a professional head coach. Now. You've got me confused as a player. Make up your mind. Last week you're crying, and this week you're criticizing the most valuable player in the franchise. 
Is that it? Or yeah, that's what going? he's saying about about Goff, and he he, he kind of. I mean, I think it's worth reading more if you want to. Yeah, let me let me uh, tell you what Jared Goff needs right now, and a lot of people around the NFL they might not admit this, but he needs a hug. He needs <laughs> someone he can trust because if I go out to the L.A. Rams to Detroit from the L.A. Rams to Detroit, I do the reverse Eddie Murphy thing. Yeah, this this part you don't need. Beverly Hills cop. He goes from Detroit to Hollywood. That's cool. Now he goes from L.A. to Detroit without the jacket, and I don't know if the support, if he has the support of the organization because the head coach is inexperienced and he gets off script. When was the last coach we've seen sit at the podium and criticize a player? It's been a long time because the coach of all 32 teams is telling them, hey, Kay, I'll never talk about you to the media. I'll never say anything that I didn't go over with you. And then now I'm driving home and my wife or something, Twitter and everyone on my phone is saying, did you hear what the coach said? So that right there, that's an amateur coach not supporting his quarterback and not supporting his team because he did something that you're never supposed to do. If that was off the cuff for him, that is beyond imaginary. <laughs> that is bizarre. It's it's a weird statement, but like <laughs> I I can't even like wrap my mind around all of that <laughs> but why why is it so bad to, to criticize your quarterback when he's not playing well exactly why I, is that frowned upon bruce what arians tr- did it to tom brady last year yeah he called him out in a press conference it's like and people get called out all the time coaches call out players constantly and the fact that he's saying you know you did we already or I shouldn't say this because we didn't go over it in the locker room. Does Chris Carter know what they went over in the locker room? Well, that's Does Chris the, Carter know what he said to him behind closed doors? I'm sure it was a lot more vulgar and anger than that. Like, well, it's a good thing Goff, Chris Carter wasn't a quarterback. Get your head out of you. Well, Chris <laughs> Carter got called out by his coach several times. Well, and he was a wide receiver, and he probably cried about it. Yeah. So as a quarterback <laughs> and as as a leader of this team, and I'm telling you, I'm not – I don't look. I'm not living in like fantasy land. I don't think the Lions are good. We no. were not expecting anything out of the Lions this year. Yeah, I'm, I, they're not going to go winless. Okay, they're not. I really don't think they will. I hope not. But they. But this is not a good team. This is a team that deserves to be high up in the lottery for draft picks next season. And that was the plan all along. It's not like we're trying to be competitive this year. So when this when the the ship starts sinking, when we don't have enough, and we have so many critical injuries right now at this point. That's an, yeah. Uh, when the ship starts going down and we're we're starting to say like this coach isn't it for us, why? Because we have a terrible, terrible team on the field without a lot of talent, and this is exactly going to script. Like going into the year, we thought may hey, maybe we'll get the first overall pick next year, but now that it's actually happening, now we have these people on national TV that are just trying to start something. Like you said, hot take central. Yeah, that that's what this screams to me is they don't they don't care about Detroit sports. They don't care about the Lions. They don't they're not following any of this. All he knows is Dan Campbell helmet on kneecaps yeah. first, helmet on second, crying third, and now he's calling out his quarterback. So he he's saying this is in disarray when he's trying to motivate the most important player on his team. And this is the best way that Dan Campbell thinks he can do it. I, I think you, you nailed it right on the head. I don't know if we have any comments coming in about this uh, topic and stuff, but um, also keep losing. Yeah, I, I'm okay with keep keep losing. Oh, I feel like zero seventeen is more on the table than I ever thought it would. And I know like there's it's a long season. There's injuries and stuff can happen, and the Bears could fall off a table here any minute, and we're, we're we do great in uh, on Thanksgiving. But like most of teams that get one or two wins win those type of games that we already found a way to lose. You know what I mean? Like, those are the games that keep people from going 0-16, 0-17. 
And yeah, but they we were doing lost that those two games already. Yeah. That scares the crap out of me. They're not going to go 0 <laughs> 17. I promise. They're they're just not. Shoot the boot. Shoot the boot promise? Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. What do I get in return? Uh, nothing. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not sure then. Yeah, I don't if know. If you guarantee something, that means it's not happening. I want some free beer. All right, perfect. All right, cool. You can drink a free beer out of the boot. Perfect. <laughs> if you lose. I don't know. I don't know where don't know this is going anymore. Anyways. But yeah. I, I'm not I'm not that worried about this, but I'm not the one that's worried about yeah. their wins and losses. Well, I'm looking at Levi on Wuzurike. I'm looking at like Lee McNeil. I'm looking yep. at trying to see if we have a legitimate middle linebacker who has really started performing. Yeah. And this defense again has stepped up. Our weakest point of the team last year was this defense. You couldn't find a, a strength across the board. And now we're looking at our linebacker saying, hey, they're actually performing pretty well. Hey, look, our defensive line, even with all these injuries, they're actually pretty deep. We've got some sacks still with Julian Aquara stepping up and all this other stuff. And we have some cornerbacks that are coming out of nowhere, even though two of our top three guys are out and we don't yeah. have the depth that we thought we did. Mm. Like – with all that said, they're stepping up and they're actually they're st- keeping this team competitive early on and, and midway through the game. Yeah, Charles said again. He said Goff has 16 incompletions and 10 were drops. Uh, Goff is completing 68 percent of his passes, and, and and I don't know if he's he's say Charles. I don't know if you're saying that, that that's good enough because I see 28 of 42 for 202 yards, and that's not good enough in my opinion. Again, yeah, there again, are drops and stuff, again one but, check down, one yeah. four. Yeah, in, in, completions is is the opposite of what I think is important. I want to see more incompletions to have a threat downfield. That's what I would rather see. I want to see more interceptions because they're putting pressure on the defense, the secondary, by being aggressive. But I will say, with our wide receiver corps, right away, right away, we cut two of our top guys that we thought were going to contribute this yeah. this year, that were downfield threats. And then as soon as Williams gets injured, Tyrell Williams gets injured. Now we have no downfield threat. Yep. That's something that maybe we should have, if we were trying to be competitive, should have thought about with the coaching staff. So no reason to get worried about wins and losses. Are you concerned at all about the way that this team responded to the coach's cry, if you will? His cry out for fight, his cry for... Because, like, kneecap rating. One? Two? Maybe? Just Just because the defense showed a little bit in the first half? Like, I mean, that's what I would go... But like that—that's really disappointing from what we saw the in the in the press conference after the Vikings game. It's like that's concerning to me. Look, I'm not saying Campbell's not going to work. I'm not going to go hot take central on that. Um, I like what he does, but it was disappointing to see that type of response, more or less from the offense, um, than for, for, I guess. I think I think these weeks happen. You see the L.A. Rams. They they laid a duck. You know, last week. Or or the week before, you know, they've had one game that just looked terrible. Are we going to grade them on their offense based on that one game? No, those happen in the NFL. Brady doesn't win every it, game. It happens. It just compounds your feelings, though. That's the problem. Like when you're already down and someone just kicks you in the gut another seven times, it don't feel good. I'm I'm just so in like collect like talent collection mode that I'm not I'm not worried about this. I'm not worried about a yeah. one off game in October. That doesn't mean anything yeah, I, long I'm not, term. I'm not worried, but I'm worried that I'm going to check out way earlier than I thought I was going to. And then, and I don't mean that in, I mean, heading into week one, I thought I'd be checked out by now. But what we saw from week zero to or one to five is like, look, I'm not going to check out this year. This team, we're going to see the development. We're going to see the excitement. We're going to see non-quits. This was a quit. Yeah. And that is concerning right here. 
injuries, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that they're going to quit the rest of the season. Injuries might be keeping up. They are going to fight back. It is going to like I'm this I'm I'm going to keep watching this team because I think this when all said and done, this game, the blowout, the no fight back is going to be the outlier. I think this team's going to continue to fight throughout this season and I hope that they get a couple wins. Because they deserve it the way they they have fought from zero to five. Yeah. Well, this coming week with Goff's previous team, don't you don't you expect some sort of fire, some sort of I want to prove I sure a little so. bit of something. I sure hope so. I mean, I thought we would have seen a, a guy with a chip on his shoulder um, already, and we haven't seen it. And it, if it doesn't show up this week, man, this guy's better look in the mirror and figure it out. Otherwise, he's going to be out. He's not going to get right. even a backup job when he's done in Detroit. Right. And I'm that, not saying he. I expect him to go for 400 yards, three touchdowns. No, no. Da, da, da. I, yeah. I think they're, we're in for a long day with the defensive line of the Rams versus yeah, this short-handed sure. offensive yep. line It would be interesting right to see if Taylor Decker can come back. That would be kind of cool. I think this is the first um, game that we saw a game without, um, what's his name in the middle? Aaron Donald? No, Frank no. Ragnall. Oh, Frank Ragnall. Oh, sorry, yeah. And it really caught up to us. Our offensive line looked like they were under – Overmatched the whole game. Yeah. Yep. No, I completely agree. And it'll be interesting to see. This is this is the week we've all been looking forward to. At least I have. I feel like it's going to be very, very ugly. But I, I could see the, the Lions trying to just slowing everything down and not allowing things to get out of hand. But, I mean, that that's going to be pretty tough. From the Red Wings to Michigan State. We're talking about it. This is State of My Sports. Man, 33 shots to 15? Dude, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. have never been this distracted by a Red Wings game. <laughs> like, I just keep watching it. I'm like, I kind of like watching this team. Michigan State's offense sputtered. Let me transition. Uh, sputtered, uh, but the defense special teams stepped up big to beat Indiana 20-15 to on the road to reach the 7-0 and mark heading into the bye week prior to the game against Michigan. Uh, the offense looked a lot like it did against Nebraska with Thorne going 14-26, 126 yards, one touchdown and two interceptions, where 70 of those yards were uh, of the 20, 126 were to Reed on four receptions. Walker had 84 yards on 23 carries for a 3.7 average. Uh, this was, the, I think, the type of game that... Uh, you know, the, the offensive side was not going to make a play. It, it was going to take a while. And thankfully for, for Michigan State, like, the off, the special teams came up big with a with couple kicks. Those are key points. I know kicking field goals is, is so exciting, but also the pick six that Cal Halliday had um, early. Um, and he's good, isn't he? He's he really is. stepped up. He has really become a really good player. And I think yeah. that's why that linebacker transferred, right? Who, who, that doesn't matter. We, I don't even want to get into that. <laughs> but it was a, a linebacker <laughs> transferred after the Nebraska game, right? Or entered the portal or whatever. Um, but Cog, Coglin uh, had 49 yard field goal and a 51 yard field goal. Um, and that, that's, that's key because he's been shaky. Uh, at times, this the whole setup alone, like snap and hold and stuff, has been exposed a couple times. So, I mean, great. They they stepped up. They got the win. It was, I mean, heading into the game, it was just just find a way to win. And that that game screamed more trap game to me than than uh, the Michigan Northwestern because Northwestern is not nearly as talented as Indiana. Not nearly. Well, I shouldn't say as well coached, but Indiana was supposed to be something heading into this year. 
and they can sneak up on somebody. Who got it? Raymond. Raymond? No, wait, really? Did he really just get his first goal? Yeah. Sorry, I got to watch this. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, so I'm... If you want, you want me to take over? I, I got something. Oh, you got something. This was the second of seven games that MSU has looked vulnerable, but these are the type of games that they have lost in the past. Yeah. And the same old Spartans is no more. They found a way to win. They're learning a lot, and they're winning in these key games. And then here we go. You got to watch this. Here we go. Is that Larkin? Nice yep. pass. Oh, what a shot. What a shot. Good for Raymond. I love when people get their first goals. Dude. <laughs> I get so emotional. The whole like team. first hits and first goals. He just got he just had two shots on goal two that Sally were saved. <laughs> good cool, for him. Man. Yeah, good for him. That's awesome. That's we just awesome. And, it. and it's a huge I mean, man, they're 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 sitting good right now. Man, the way that they're dominating this game. Don't find a way to blow this one. Um, no, I agree with you with the, with MSU's offense. You know, it, in years past, they have found a way to lose these types of games. Yep. In, in recent years, not I'm not talking like early 2010s. You know, like that's when they were at their best and they would win all these kind of games. Yep. But um, recently, they're turning a corner, and I think I think this makes me a little bit more concerned because I think really highly of this offense with kind of Kenneth Walker with Peyton Thorne, the group of wide receivers that they have. Jaden Reed was nowhere to be found um, as a wide receiver. Well, he did. Ha- he had seventy yards on four catches. Okay, but this was all late. Like early, yeah. early on, he wasn't. He had zero catches through. I think like the first two and a half quarters. Was it okay? Like, well into the third quarter. So it, it just surprised me that their lack of ability to move because I haven't. I just think they're immune to that kind of stuff. They had it against Nebraska. Yep. They've had it again against Indiana, and it almost seems to be against the teams that are very well disciplined on defense with the game plan. And I, and I don't know what it is. I haven't I haven't gone into the tape to the X's and O's at this yeah. point, but you know Michigan's all over that tape. Yeah, and and we'll get into that probably. I know. Yeah, a we we bit, got but. all next week. I mean, I feel like we're gonna have. That's that's my goal is just talk about that matchup. But I just think with like all week, you but. know, this Indiana's a better defense than people give credit to. Um, you know, last year they were a, a pretty awesome team in the Big Ten, and they overperformed maybe. But that means they're very well coached. They were well disciplined. They do have some talent, some big bodies in the middle, and that's something that if you are a similar type of team in the Big Ten, you might be able to draw some comparisons to and and get a game plan moving forward. Yeah, I mean, two hundred forty-one total yards. 141 passing and 100 rushing, 3.9 yards per play. That's not this team that we we've seen, and I would say I mean the two best teams that they've played so far, right? Nebraska and Indiana. They were exposed. They were. You, you can see why. This is unexpected. I guess this seven and zero start is it unexpected, but. The way Michigan State plays with their big plays, they've been able to get away with it a little bit more. Because let's not, I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Even in these big wins that they get, it's always big plays. And when you can't take advantage of that big play against disciplined defense like you already brought up, that's when you sputter. You sputtered against, the offense has sputtered in pretty much every game at times. At times. Not like long term, but without that big play, it has. And the big plays, I feel like, have um, been a, a good cover-up for a not as... Lack of consistent drive? Not as, like, explosive defense is, is, or offense as is, is they actually are on paper, if so that makes sense. So, I'll, I'll say this. I think 
at some point with an explosive offense, you need time. So what I'm going to dive into throughout the week and going into next week's episode, I want to know if this is a result of pressure on the quarterback, if it, it's if it's a lack of protection from yeah. the offensive line, and that that's a- not allowing them to have time for those deep plays. Yeah. Then, then I want to know that. And also on the defensive side, are they playing a single single high safety or are they going two high safeties and forcing them to run the ball? Like that's that's the stuff I want to know. Yeah. Like how are they consistently lining up against this Michigan State offense? Because I think they have too many weapons to be shut down like this. And the second time that we've seen it, and I'm not I'm not worried about it. You're right. No, this is yeah, a it, this is a, a must win game, and it doesn't matter how you win. You just need to win. Just win. same thing that Michigan did against Nebraska. Yep. And I really am not panicking with Michigan's win against Nebraska. I'm not panicking with State's win, you I'm, know, this this week against Indiana. I'm right there with you, but I think it also raises the questions and the stuff that we need to be talking about. Yep. The stuff that are still question marks. The stuff that I mean, really were question marks heading into each and one of these games. Like when it's not hitting, how do you react? Yeah, what when, do you do? Yeah, what do you do? When Michigan's run game isn't just pounding the ball, what do you do? And it's not good. When Michigan State always been Kenneth Walker. Not running the ball well, not getting those big plays downfield. What do you do? And that's when you when you start feeling vulnerable. How do you react? And that's look, they got the win. They reacted well. They did what they needed to do. Yep. That's what it takes. And that's what it takes to be a Big Ten champion. That's what it takes to be a true contender for the playoff. And I don't care how it looks. I don't care what the score says. Yep. Michigan and Michigan State have both put themselves in a spot that that doesn't matter anymore. The eye test doesn't matter. Just win. Both the teams showed a lot of resiliency the last week or two. And you couldn't ask for more when adversity strikes, your backs are against the wall, show up and show out. Yep. And both of them have. And next week, is going to be a freaking rumble in the middle of the state. Dude, Michigan State is undefeated going into Michigan. That is the storyline here. Yes. It's, it's not about how they looked against two of the opponents that they ended up pulling out a W. It, it's that they are undefeated and they're going to be a top 10 team yep. going into this super match. Like, it's it, like how fun is that going to be? Yeah. And, and I'm just hoping so badly that Michigan – Wins against take Northwestern. Care, yeah. They need to take care of business, and then they go into this matchup, the dream matchup that we would have been so <laughs> criticized for going into this year, and we were so close to pulling it off, guys, yeah. like predicting this to happen, but we didn't want to be homers yeah. to do this. But both uh, we b- believed in both programs, and, and I can't wait. I really hope Michigan takes care of business. Yeah, I mean, does uh, does Peyton Thorne concern here, or was that just one of those off games that it's Let's just freaking he go. still has what it takes? He really what, what he does well. That that's not the mirage. When it goes bad, it's bad. I think it he's still be. young, and I and I want to make sure that that's known because going into the year again, this is a guy that was most likely, in most people's opinion, not going to win the starting job because of his age. Mm-hmm. Because there was a more experienced guy that could um, beat him out for this, and and he won it. But it doesn't mean that you know everything. It doesn't mean that you've experienced all this stuff. And it it doesn't mean that there aren't these coachable moments. So I think this is a coachable moment. I think it's something that will probably make him better in the long term. And if you can be learning on the job as you're getting wins, then that's just best case scenario. Yeah. Another thing that that really stuck out was was the penalties, 12 penalties for 134 yards. That 
slowed things down. That made it difficult, Absolutely. more difficult than it needed to be. Clean that up, and, and this is a different game. And football, the, don't put yourself behind. Football is, is, is a game much. of just a few critical key yep. plays, and, and the more penalty, penalties you have, you cannot overlook the importance of that. Yeah, there was nothing they could. There was nothing they could do heading into this game that would be like, yeah, they're not as good as I thought they were, or they're worse than I thought they they were going to be. You know what I mean? There was nothing going into this game that was like, we're going to learn something today. No, hmm. it meant just win. Nothing. Just win. It was go out and win. You did the job. You move on, and you head into that bye with that seven and zero, and feeling like a million have bucks. A big a smile on your face. Yep. Dude, I'm loving this Wings team right now. Who got that one? Is that three now? Bertuzzi. Bertuzzi Bertuzzi got the second one. Very nice. Very nice. Goal. Um, some some stuff that kind of got that came about over the last really twenty four hours was obviously on Saturday LSU came out and said that they were not going to bring Ed Orgeron back. Um, and then the rumors started going around, and obviously there's some big names out there that uh, you know LSU will be going for, and rumors started swirling for Mel Tucker. And look, I. I love the Vegas odds. I feel like that kind of it, the coaching is very is very rarely right. The, the, like big the names odds are and big that names. kind of stuff. Right. Um, but one thing that was very interesting that happened uh, yesterday: the odds for Mel Tucker to get that LSU job were twelve to one. Okay. Today, they are sitting at two to one. He is the Whoa. He, Whoa. the big favorite to land this LSU job. Look, I don't want to get into like the because Kiffin was leading it, yesterday, wasn't he? I believe so. Or yeah, his name was his name leading. was in there. Kiffin was a part of it, but I don't think he would move uh, one SEC to another. Just my opinion, but that tells me something. That tells me either a lot of put put people put a lot of money on Mel Tucker and Vegas adjusted, right? Or there's actual true mutual discussions interest. happening. Yeah, yeah, and. Obviously, as a Michigan fan, I don't want to be like, yeah, this is what's going to happen and suck at MSU. That That's not fair. That's not the way it should be. Um, but when these rumors start coming about, like, it's it's real. And that big of a swing doesn't happen for for no particular reason. You know what I right, mean? Right, Um It would suck. It would suck if, if, if Mel Tucker moved on. We have a lot of time to get into it. I thought it was worth bringing up now, and we can discuss it just a touch. But I don't want to like spend a whole lot of time on it's it. Worth Ryan, keeping, yeah, it's worth keeping an eye on. Yeah. It's so early in the process. They just announced this whole thing, so you're going to see the Vegas odds swing back and forth. That's my personal opinion. Yes, he's a hot uh, item right now because of how Michigan State has turned this season around yeah. um, from last year, and and that's to be expected. So until there's um, legitimate sources saying that he's interested in this job, I'm not worried about it. Yeah, I, I think what this needs to be is let's just keep it civil because I think Michigan State fans need to know that this is a very strong possibility, and Michigan fans don't need to jump the gun and rub it in their face and say blah, blah, blah. Look, if, he, if he wants to go to LSU, people, go beat Michigan, go beat Ohio State. Yeah. I mean, seriously. So, like, you know, he's got plenty to work for still. He's got plenty to work for. He's also – he's got a lot to lose here. Yeah. Like, if he is a candidate, that those odds will go down if he doesn't take care of business on the football field or his team doesn't take care of business right. on the football field. I just, like – I think Michigan and Michigan State fans need to come together and understand this is a very strong possibility and these are the reasons why. The money. LSU is a bigger brand. I'm sorry, State, but it is. 
and you're it's not even close to that. Just admit what it is. And the money, yeah, the money. And, and look, Tucker's jumped from job to job, and he's was on LSU before. He was on L, he was on Nick Saban's coaching staff at LSU before. Let's just throw out the facts and say, yeah, it's a possibility. It's a possibility. It's a concern. Yep. There LSU's are very good deep. reasons why he would leave. Because I'm not saying Michigan State is a stepping stone job because I don't think it should be. I don't think it needs to be. But it kind of gets looked at that way. Um, I thought Dan Tony did a good job at not doing that when he had an opportunity to. Um, but I'm not sure Mel Tucker is the same type of guy. And I think he's shown that he's willing to just jump to, to, to get leave, where yeah. he wants to go. Yep, he's done and it. And there's That's nothing history. wrong with it. So it's just something to keep an eye on. Again, We'll, we'll see how, how things play out. Um, I don't want it to be a, a discussion next week. That's why I kind of wanted to throw it into this week and, and kind of move move forward and, and move on unless obviously there's Getting more stuff that happens. Chippy. But um, let's move on to some Pistons. If it's craft beer in Michigan sports, we may not be the authority, but we love both like a fat kid loves cake. Hot, hot! <laughs> This is State of My Sports. Before we get into the episode, main topic for episode 127, I want to remind everyone that the Hops Brewing Company and Cafe is pouring some of the best craft beer in West Michigan. The revamped food menu, rotating taps, and wine and ciders make the hops perfect for whatever you have going on from dinner with the family, late night drinks with friends, and everything in between. The hops is becoming a staple in the West Michigan restaurant community that we highly recommend to our friends and listeners. The hops is the official brewery of State of My Sports in 2021. And if you mention State of My Sports, you'll get a nice little discount off of your first beer. We had a great time over there last week. Um, ben always treats us well. They have the, man, that peach sour was amazing. I love that peach sour. I think their beer um, is, is still kicking butt, and, and I love that. Um, but let's get into some Pistons talk. They went 20-52 and 52 overall last year and finished 15th in the Eastern Conference and had the second-worst record in the NBA. It was a bit of an odd season because the eye test said, you know, this team was making some strides uh, but lost the close games to finish below their preseason over-under set at 23-and-a-half. And fans were happy with, with what they saw. Uh, their offensive rating was 108, uh, 26 of 30, uh, but their defensive rating at 112.5, uh, 16th out of 30, which is awesome, uh, was a nice positive uh, mix that with the young talent and con- contributors. Uh, it feels like this organization is really heading in the right direction. Uh, Jeremy Grant is returning with tw- he he was a leading scorer at twenty two point three points per game. Uh, Plumlee's gone, right? Uh, yeah, Mason Plumlee. He led gone. the team with nine point three rebounds and three point six assists per game. Steals was uh, Josh Jackson at point nine. Isaiah Stewart at one point three blocks per game. Uh, real quick, I wanted to get in some some of the Vegas odds. Uh, they're plus fifty thousand. Um, to win the championship, plus 25000 to win the East, plus 15000 to win the Central in MVP. Cade uh, Cunningham is plus 25000 and their over-under is set at 25.5 wins, which is the third lowest win total just behind Orlando and OKC. Uh, I, I kind of want to start talking about that first. From what... We saw last year from the young talent and the way that they're developing, Dwayne Casey, um, great coach. He's been proven to be a coach of the year. Why is their win total so low? Are they expecting this to kind of be like a 
sophomore slump type type season here um, in this rebuild? Or like, what, what's going on with that, Ryan? What, what do you see when you see that number? Well, I think you know, last year they made it. They, if you did, you go over all the names that left. And, no, and, I, I did not do yeah, I mean, and subtractions. So I, I think that's worth bringing up because the, the subtractions from last year are Derek Rose, Blake Griffin, Delon Wright, Mason Plumley, Wayne Ellington, Dennis Smith Jr., Svee Mikhailuk, Tyler Cook, Jaleel Okafor, Sekou Dumboya, Davida Servitas. I mean, these are like – that is an entire team. Yeah. We do not have the, – the longest tenure player in this team is – Killian Hayes, last yeah. year's first round draft pick. It's insane. Only because he was drafted before the other draft picks. Let me cross that off my thing that I was going to say later. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I knew that. Sorry. <laughs> no, so, I mean, I think the reason why is because this team is so young. And if you're counting on Killian Hayes, uh, uh, brand new draft picks this year with Cade Cunningham and and you know Luca Garza, Luke, Luca Garza and Isaiah Livers is going to be out for a while. Yeah. But if you're counting on these types of guys and and three or four rookies from last year, two rookies from this year, and then some guys that people have given up on like Josh Jackson and and um, some of the some of the other um, you know backup role type of guys, then they're not ex- they're not expecting a lot. Yeah, like a guy like Kelly Trey Linick. These these are like journeyman type of NBA NBA players yeah. that are not going to make you a great franchise. So I think that's the reason why you're seeing such low uh, win totals, and we've seen some big talent come through in drafts and still have losing seasons until these guys grow up, until they develop the kind of talent that you need around them. And I will say this Pistons team is hard to put your finger on because they have a, a mixture of really exciting depth mixed with zero top-end talent. Yeah. Or, or at least top-end proven talent other than, like, Jeremy Grant. And that, I mean, at 22.3, like, that that's not enough for, for points per game to lead a team to more victories than what we're seeing. Well, Unless I think... Unless somebody I think really the, steps up and becomes a leading scorer. Yeah, I think I think that's a team dynamic more than more than a points per game. But, like, what what's the over-under... Do you have the over-under wins for the... For this distance? season? Yeah, for the season. 25 and a half. And see, it's the third I would, lowest. I would be so over that. Like, the over would be so obvious to me to bet for this team because they're going to be competitive in a lot of games. They're going to show how young they are in a lot of games, too. Yeah. So I'm not expecting them to, to just... You know, take the NBA by storm, but this is going to be a really competitive because they're a talented team, but they're not. They don't know how to win yet. So I think until they've proven that they know how to win with this young core guys, then then you know Vegas and and all these other, you know, like the NBA like power rankings and stuff, they're not going to show them love until they prove it. And so that's that's why the Pistons are so low, and. It wouldn't surprise me if they're the second or third worst team in basketball, but I think yeah. I think in basketball in general right now, people have kind of been mo- the extreme high and the extreme low are kind of merging towards the center. Like the, hmm. it's getting more and more competitive as more talent comes in. Yeah, because the old players are still not retiring and the young guys are getting good. I hope so. I, I think the NBA needs that because it's been way too top heavy, um, and and that would be great to see to see a little more competitiveness. Um, I think you're going to see the middle. It. Yep, I think you're going to see it. Like, I don't want the top heavy guy teams to just be like, yeah, we're our record isn't amazing because we just kind of are going through the motions. And I feel like we've seen that, and it's been fake competitive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I want to see real competitiveness in in the league because that th- that's when I will start paying more attention. You know what I mean? I 
don't like the NBA. Not a big fan. I'll watch the Pistons um, if they're worth watching, but like, man, they they need a wake up call. The NBA does, and and get more competitive um, day in and day out, and make these games more valuable. You're gonna see it. You're gonna see it more and more um, because again, these the older superstars that you're seeing are now going to be going up against the young superstars, like yeah. the teams like the Grizzlies. Like they they they're a really talented team. And they're getting some of their young talent back from injury going into this year. Um, and, and that's just an example. Like the Pistons yeah. are, should hope to be and strive to be like the Grizzlies, get competitive next year or the year after. A lot of a lot of like Homer guys, if you're listening to the radio, Sports Talk Radio in Detroit, they're expecting this team to compete for maybe even a playing spot. Yeah, yeah. playing game, like a 10 seed or something yeah, along those lines. Yeah, that they do now. And, yeah. and, I, and I'm along those same lines. I think I might be a little step below them when I'm expecting wins-wise. Yeah. But they're going to be competitive and game th- in, game out. I think that's like, for me, like what 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 was so eye-opening with the 25-and-a-half over-under wins and, and the the third lowest win total for, for Vegas. Like... I, I've gone into the season expecting them to be competitive, expecting them to, um, you know, the last week and a half be ready to, to get in the playoffs, setting themselves up for, what is it going to be, a seven seed, a six seed, or five seed? Like, that's what I had in my head based on what I thought we've added. It's all, and, I, and that's why, yeah, it was just tough for me to see. But So we went over the subtractions. The, the additions. Obviously, Cade Cunningham, number one overall pick. Luca Garza was in the draft. Isaiah Livers won't get any playing time if at all, probably. He'll probably play in the G League if he plays at all this year uh, with the injury. But, like, with Trey, Trey Lyles, Kelly Olenek, uh Jamarco Pickett, I mean, Chris Smith, outside of the two, the two rookies, really, Cade Cunningham and Luca Garza, like, did they bring in anybody of value? Like, what, what are we looking at here? No, and that was by design. You know, again, we started last year with Blake Griffin. So do you kind of think of this as, as this organization's ready to take that step, but they're almost like, let's not take that step. Let's cool it. Let's get – maybe we'll get lucky again and get a top three pick next year. So here's, And I don't want to say tank before – like, go I'll, ahead. Well, I want to – yeah, I want to just kind of go over, like, the thought process because if you're a GM, you don't your, – your team is so young, you don't even know what you have yet. You think you know what you have. You have a lot of hopes and dreams for these guys. But if Killian Hayes doesn't have any confidence to shoot the ball and he's not in the long-term plans, then you need to know that before you go off and sign a big free agent. Yeah. So this was not the year to go get those free and agents. they didn't have cap space either. Well, and they didn't yet. Next year they're going to have a ton. Next year they will, yeah. Yep. So if we, if we use up all of our cap remaining cap space this year and go get a big name, that's going to take away playing time from one of these young guys that you're not even – yeah. Sure, you don't even know what you sense. have yet. Yeah. So at this point, with all of the talent, again, three first-round picks last year with Killian Hayes, Isaiah Stewart, and Sadiq Bay, you need to know exactly who these guys are before you determine who you're going to pay money for long-term. Nope, that, that makes sense. So my question here, and it's not on the, on the sheet, and I hope I'm not throwing you to the wolves here. No, no, go for it. Jeremy Grant, that I think is, is, a, is our superstar name. That's our, our our guy. That's the guy that's going to made Team USA yeah, Olympic I mean, gold medalist, all that. Yep. Yeah. Who is he in the way of? He's not. He's not in the way. He's that's not. why we can let him stay. He on was the team. he was in the way of of um Sekou Dubois, who moved on to 
multiple teams now. Multiple he's the teams. Lakers in now. The, well, yeah. who knows? Yeah, I like think a, he's with the Lakers, right? It, well, two way contract. Oh, is it? Yeah. So it's not even a guaranteed, you know, NBA That's contract. So, um, Jeremy Grant is not a problem with his French. In fact, I think Jeremy Grant was one of the reasons why we have turned a corner with the Pistons right now because they decided that they were going to build an identity of defense first, length, some some key attributes to these guys that the franchise wanted to build around. And and you're going to see the same thing with Cade Cunningham. He plays defense and he's got length. They have they have uh, a, a true big body type of guy with say, uh, Sadiq Bay who shoots three-pointers like crazy, broke all kinds of rookie records last year for threes, uh, Pistons rookie records and everything. He's defense first. He's fundamentals first, and he's not selfish. And you're going to see that being a theme with this team is every once in a while we're going to have games where you're like, man, will somebody just step up and score? Yeah. Will we just get a score? Because Cade should be trying to take over this game or, or you know um, – does Cade have the ability to take over a game? Cade, Cade can take over a game because he's a great shooter. Okay. I think he's going to be a great shooter in this league. I really do. I think you're going to see more and more of his ability to come in and take big shots when the team needs him most. And I think you always need more than one. Steph Curry needs Clay Thompson. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to build something special, you need more than one dynamic late game type of option to turn to, and, and the best teams do that. So I I think um, you know Jeremy Grant is that number one option right now. I think Kate Cunningham will get into that conversation, and then we'll talk about it a little bit. But I think guys like Killian Hayes need to step up and grow up a little bit. Yeah. So what are your goals for this season for for the Pistons? I I wrote down be competitive, continue to develop, kind of like we went into with with the Lions here. Um, we want to see these guys truly develop. Obviously, the injuries kind of caused issues with the Lions, but like also. Is it fair that I'm saying find a way to make Jeremy Grant a trade piece and get another lottery ticket? I'm not saying lottery pick, but lottery ticket that you can turn into a future piece? I don't, or is it too early to say that? So I don't buy the um, getting rid of Jeremy Grant because you think you're going to lose draft capital or you're going to lose some value from him because I don't think you're competitive in this league without veterans. And you see that with like the Pelicans. How much talent did that team have with Zion and and so, all the young guys Ball, that they yeah still there, Lonzo right? Ball and like they had so much talent on that team, and yet they don't even know how to win. So you need those veteran guys to teach the young NBA players how to be professional NBA players. You need those guys. And and Kate, Coach Casey has talked about that over and over. He's like, I will never have a team without veterans because. You need veterans. They are that important to the development of these young guys' character, knowing how to practice, knowing how to prepare, knowing how to win. Yeah. And and so I think a guy like Jeremy Grant is the perfect guy to bring in to teach the young guys how to get there. And not only that, but he's got an opportunity to be who he is without taking a backseat to some other guy. Yeah. And he proved himself last year, and I think he's ready to do the same this year. So what do you want to see? Like if, if you had a choice between sneaking into a seventh seed, getting swept – or finishing the bottom five, getting top five pick, and adding a high-level draft pick to this group, what would you choose? I, I It all depends on how the season that's, went. That's not the question. No, no, no. Because that, your first question was valid. Your second question was not. <laughs> I think it's valid. No, because what I want Michael, my goal— what would you choose? Top five pick, right? <laughs> I would course. take a f- yeah. top five pick. Well, if, if it means that— 
you know, Cade Cunningham got hurt and, you know, didn't play yeah, very well. Uh, and Killian Hayes is a bust. Like, no, I don't want a top five pick. Yeah, okay. I'd rather them compete for seventh because you have building blocks. All right, I'll let you answer. The All way right. You so I think my goal for this year is guys like Hamadou Diallo, who we haven't even talked about, Frank Jackson, Josh Jackson, even like Isaiah Livers, if he can get some playing time. I want to know if they are building blocks for this team. I want to know if we want to sign Josh Jackson to a long-term goal or a contract because he's that good and he's that important defensively for this team. Because at this point, he's still a wild card, former third or fourth overall pick who has all the talent in the world, all the athleticism in the world, who showed up last year but kind of faded down the stretch. Was he the one that was traded from, was it Orlando? Or not, was it traded? He was, he played for the, he was drafted by the Suns and he played with them for a while. Okay. And he was a bust. Like he, he couldn't score at all. Last year he scored like 13 points a game for us and okay. played great defense. I He's from Detroit. He thinks he's found his identity in Detroit. Cool. He feels, he, he loves this place. He's talked about it over and over this preseason. He's like, I don't know what it is, but I, I came to the place where I felt comfortable. It just so happens to be Detroit where I grew up. And I want to know if he's a building block. He's six foot seven, six eight, so athletic, can shoot sometimes, great finisher, blocks everything that, that comes around him. So, cool. like, a guy like that, I want to know if he's long-term. All right. So, Hamadou Diallo, former dunk champion in in uh, the NBA for the All-Star weekend. Dunk champion, that means he's got all the athleticism you could ever ask for. Yep. I want to know if he's a long-term player for this team. And that's what I mean. Like, we are so deep with real talent, but we don't know what is going to make a difference wins and loss-wise. All right. Uh, let's get into some player talk here. Uh Breakout player. For me, obviously, I, I mean, my brain goes to Cade Cunningham. Pretty obvious one. Uh, but, like, I just want to know by the end of the year that he was the right choice. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's still those questions. And we're, we're not going to have those answers after year one. But I want to be more comfortable with it. I want to draft the rookie of the year first overall. Like, I feel like that's very important. And not that it translates to long-term success in the league necessarily. But, like, I, I personally want to know that there's excitement in Detroit because I think that's what it needs to get those free agents to come as you already have a piece that I want to play with. And I feel like this is an opportunity for him to kind of start building that resume and reputation of, I want to go play with that guy for that guy. You know what I mean? Like that's what I want to see. Um, so I, I kind of pulled up some, some rookie of the year numbers. Are, are there numbers that, that you want to see him hit? Or like, or is it more just eye test? Like, how does that work as a as a rookie in the NBA? I think I think he could match like what Lamella Ball put up last year with fifteen, six rebounds and six assists. I think he could do that uh, yeah. with Cade. Yeah, I think um, I expect him and to people, do that. People loved what Ball did. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, people were really like talking high about him. Uh, not just for rookie of the year, but other type of awards. Because right? of his playmaking ability. Yeah. Cade will do it more with his, I think, will do it Shooting. more with his shot and with his defense because he's he's a dynamic defensive player. And if we're going to be relying on him to play point guard, that's awesome, man. He's like 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, Some even have him listed 6'8". Yeah. Um, I, I, think, I think that's where he's going to add value. And, and Cade is one of those guys that I really do think adds real win-loss value. Like, he makes his team better. So if there's a, a floor, like if he's average, like we're, let's stick with like points per game. If he's averaging less than 
13 points per game. Is that a concern? Like, where where is that level of being like, ooh, it's not translating into the NBA, and I can see it now? Is there a number, or is it more of a an eye, like, eh, another question? Like, is it a number, or is it eye test? No, I, that's, a, that's a valid question, because if there's a knock on Cade, it's his ability to create his own shot. And if he's not scoring, maybe maybe let's just say like twelve or thirteen points a game. If he's not scoring twelve or thirteen, that mean and he's having really a hard time creating his own shot and and you know putting the ball in the basket like everybody wants to do. Um, then I, I'll start getting worried. If he's a pure off ball player where he's catching the ball in the corner and hitting shots because I think he's a good shooter, that would be concerning. I don't think I don't think there's that big of a risk for that being true. But um, if he's scoring 10 to 12 points a game, I'm going to start getting a little worried. Do you have a different breakout player, or is that kind of who you would kind of circle here? No, my, my breakout player is Isaiah Stewart. I think I want to list people that I believe in that I think are worth putting, you know, like not that I have a reputation on the podcast or anything, but if I'm going to put my reputation at stake, I'm going to say I believe in Isaiah Stewart. I think he's a dog. I think he's a workhorse. I think he's the the Ben uh, Wallace of this team. I think he's got an attitude. He plays tough, and he doesn't sit there and complain about fouls not being called for him. He just sits there and takes it like a man. He says, "This guy's a little, you know, yeah, yeah, Larkin. This guy's a little Larkin, <laughs> and and I'm gonna beat him up the next time down the." Court like he yeah. literally has that attitude, and he did as a rookie. So I'm pumped about this well, year. I remember you saying that even heading into the seat, like when when they draft him, and yeah, you, I was you, pumped. You were pumped, and you said those type of things. You go, this guy fights. This guy has a different attitude than than most NBA players. I think Cade was is going to jump all over this attitude that Isaiah Stewart yeah. brings. I would love I think, to. See, yeah, I think they're going to complement each other great. And he's got touch. I think he's going to hit a lot of threes like he did last year going down the stretch, he's going to be a really valuable breakout player this year. Yeah, do you have a, a player that you think is kind of getting forgotten about? I, um, I would say Sadiq Bey yeah. from the from the Detroit crowd because we're worried about Cade, we're worried about Isaiah Stewart, we're worried about Killian, Killian. we're worried yeah. about like you know Jeremy Grant and all these guys. Sadiq Bey is like the most uh, – we know exactly what we're going to get out of him, and it's a really good three-point shooting forward who plays good defense. And if he can add any kind of ability going to the hoop, which I think he already has, he just needs to have the confidence to do it. I think he's going to be such an undervalued type of player in this league, which is the, exactly the reason why he was drafted. No, that makes sense. Mike, if, if you have anything, obviously jump in. I didn't know if you had nope. some thoughts on, on the Pistons heading Keep in. Keep rolling, but, boys. Um, rebound player I thought was hard to find. Um, when you When you have a bunch of – Young players. I mean, like you said, Killian Hayes is the longest tenure. You don't really have somebody that had an absolute down year. I think he he would kind of be a uh, a good candidate for for a, a rebound player. But I actually went with Lyles. I mean, <laughs> I don't Trey Lyles. I, I don't know anything about him. I, I looked up some numbers. I mean, he's played in a lot of games heading into the season. Is he not valuable enough well, to, to I be? Well, I don't. I wouldn't say he's not valuable. He'll actually probably get a lot of playing time this year. And, that, and that's kind of where I was at. So he he started, you know, sixty three games, sixty four games, seventy three, eighty at times. Now last year was twenty three games that he played in. Sorry, and only started in in nine of them. Um, from the previous year, he played. He started fifty three games. He's he's looked pretty good in the preseason so far. I don't think he's really gonna 
play a big role on this team either way. So who, who's your biggest rebounding candidate, candidate here? I would love to say Killian Hayes because he had a really bad year last year. I I just have he had not. Two, I it wasn't really bad, was it? He had a really bad start, got hurt, and then he he, he came back and showed quite a. Yeah, this is right? a good question. So, Killian Hayes is, uh, I think, has the potential to be an elite level defensive player at the guard position. He has the potential to have elite passing ability and playmaking ability. I do not see him the way his attitude is. I do not see him right now. I think he's going to be a letdown offensively, which is weird because that's where his that's why he was drafted because of his playmaking ability. But he can pass the ball, but he will not shoot the ball. And I don't know if he he just has no confidence. I think he actually could be a really good shooter, like a really really good Derek Fisher type of shooter. And and he just has no confidence in his ability right now. He looks constantly for somebody else to shoot and I think it's like he's playing with fear and I don't know if he can get past that and my fear with him is that he'll never get rid of that fear and he'll just become a bust or a backup because I don't know because he just never like grew or developed that kind of confidence that he needs to be an elite level player so is he he is your your rebound player oh no that was all the reasons why he was not (laughs) because I don't think he will rebound this year I'm worried about him worried about it I am worried about him all right so who who would you be your rebound player again pretty tough that's a tough category to fill here in Detroit yeah it is because again we haven't had a lot of people playing for a long time yeah I I think my rebound player is going to be Josh Jackson and he had a rebound season last year, yeah. but I think he'll rebound even more. I think he's going to be more important to this team than people give him credit for. Awesome. Uh, Dark Horse MVP. Somebody stand out to you that, that could really be the key, the heartbeat of this team? Uh, Jeremy Grant's an obvious um, guy, but that's not Dark Horse at all. I'm, I'll say Cade, who's also not Dark Horse, but he is this important to the team. And yeah. if and if the, the franchise will go as he goes, if he is elite, if he is like a – Ben Simmons who can shoot type of talent that people have cited that he could be, then we're in good hands. Yeah. And I feel like that that's MVP worthy. Um, I, I sure I, hope so. Yeah, I, le- I lean towards Jeremy Grant just because I'm, I'm curious if he's going to be the another guy or a guy that's like get on my back and, and lead this team to victories and like, you know, raises, what was it, 22 points per game? Yeah, somewhere around there. I think. Can he bring it up to 26? Like that, Like, can he do that? Well, if he is and it's not translating, can he bring in other pieces at the trade deadline? I still think that's a big possibility. I, For me, that's what makes him the most valuable player on this roster heading into the 2021-22 season is you're either going to be really good and lead this team to the playoffs or you're going to be who you have been and bring in peace at, at the trade deadline. And either way, I think that's valuable. And that's kind of where I went. But who's your under-the-radar player? My under-the-radar player, I was d- deciding between Frank Jackson and Josh Jackson. I've already used Josh Jackson at this point, so I'm going to go Frank Jas- Jackson. He came on the scene last year and tore it up. Like His numbers shooting the ball from three-point was just incredible, and he came off the bench as a spark plug, and I expect him to do the same. And he's he hasn't shown anything in preseason to make me think otherwise. He's going to come in. He's going to score like crazy, and I think he's going to be a super underrated part of this team. And I, and, and I think he plays good enough defense too 
where instead of just being a spark plug, he might actually have like a big time role on this team. So watch out for Frank Jackson. I think he's dangerous at this point. Yeah, I actually went killing Hayes um, more or less because I feel like you're bringing in uh, younger guys, or not necessarily younger guys, but newer guys. You have the nice shiny toy with Cade. You have, um, I mean, people questioning if they even work together. If drafting Cade means Killian's already out of here. Um, people th- talked about that. Um, it'll be interesting to see, especially with Cade being hurt heading into the season. Uh, he hasn't practiced much, if, if at all. He's, he's already been ruled out for tomorrow, which sucks um, for a home opener and stuff. Uh, Is can, Killian playing can, tomorrow? I, I haven't heard that he wasn't. Uh, I didn't know he was fighting something, but... Yeah, he's been out for the preseason. Can, can he take couple. advantage of, of a slow start for Cade and, and kind of, you know, he, I mean, it kind of fits the don't forget about player, but kind of step in and show that he is valuable. In this yeah, league. absolutely. Is he going to have a piece? I think I yep. think he could sneak up and, and do that. Um, I, I think it's more hope than anything. I feel like I lean towards more Seiko Demboya <laughs> type thing like this. Just didn't work, you know what I mean? With Killian, like, yeah, and that yeah. that sucks. That, I'm worried about hurts. it. Um, but but, it, but let's let's think about where this franchise is at because we feel like there's a lot of excitement around the team, and our starting lineup theoretically really should be Killian, Cade, Sadiq Bay, Jeremy Grant, and Isaiah Stewart. Those are four first round draft picks over the last two years, and Jeremy Grant. So yeah. if there's something to be excited about, that's it. And if you still don't believe in this team, we'll mix that kind of a core with the next draft picks that we're getting. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. State of my sports. All right, so it's my turn to explain Betting Hero to uh, y'all. Betting Hero is a sports betting website that you go to, and they list out each one of the sports betting platforms available for you and apps that are available with promo codes that best fit your style. So go to bettinghero.com, plug in promo code MI Sports. No, wait, what is it? MI Bets? MI Bets. <laughs> you just did this this weekend, right? With uh, bettinghero.com. I, I did sign up through betting here. I, I've yet to throw money down. All right, so we need to know what kind of uh, promo codes that you're going to be using for that. You guys, there are not like two or three or three or four promo codes. It looked like a dozen plus. Look through them, check them out, see what works best for you. Seriously, so if you're shopping around, you're going to get free money out there sometime. So go to bettinghero.com, promo code MIBETS, um, you know, sign up through them, go to your favorite promo code at that time, win some free money, and tell them we sent you. Well done. Well done. Well done. I think. I'm hoping. I assume. Oh, he crushed you did it. It was okay. I brought Mike in. We did it together. You guys did it together? Mike, did. Did, you, did you explain what you did this weekend with your Ben Hero? I, I did. Did it go well? Did it go well? It we went well. Up, you we know? should move on. Yeah? All right. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. What are we moving on to? Picks of the week. Our picks of the week, and I don't have John's or Kyle's. Shows how text messaging goes in this world. Looks so like we're going to win. Um, Maybe yeah. we should go total wins Over. instead of percentages. Overs. Um, <laughs> last week, Micah went four and three. Kyle went four and three. Ryan went two and five. I went two and five. John what? went three and four. 
Uh, Mike is leading the way at 28 and 19. You should sign up for Benny Hero. <laughs> Just do the Let's picks. Go, boys. You'll, you'll, I mean, that, that percentage is pretty solid. <laughs> um, Kyle is 25 and 22. Ryan, you are 24 and 23. Bad week. John, 22 and 25. And I am bringing up the rear. Dude, look at Lucas. Look at Lucas Raymond right now. And 29. He looks like a stud. Oh, he's just so happy. Fourth just teenager to score for Detroit since 2005-2006. Fourth? Fourth. Other ones. Do you know? 2005-2006? Yeah. Do you know the other three? I'm assuming Larkin. Got it. 2005-2006. Um, Lily Leno? Nope. Damian Bruner? Nope. All right. I'm done. No. Since 2005-2006. Yeah. Rasmussen? Oh, Rasmussen, that one? Yep. Zadina? In Zadina. Wow. Wow. There you go. Interesting. So they're all on the team still. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. Interesting. All right. Uh, Anyways, we're going to start with the Broncos at the Browns. The Browns are a four-point favorite on Thursday night. Micah, you're leading the way. Give me the Broncos. Ryan. Give me the Browns. Yeah, I was going to go Broncos. I thought I was going to sneak up on you guys, but I'm going to go Browns now. Because <laughs> I want to catch Micah. Baker is going to struggle if he even plays. If he, he even might. plays. That's the key. That's the key. Yeah, uh, they're down. Running backs, too. The Chiefs are yep. at the Titans. Titans are a four-and-a-half-point underdog. Micah, what about you? Chiefs. Ryan. Chiefs. I'll definitely take the Titans by myself here. I like it. I think the Titans are good. The King? King Henry? King Henry. Dude, he is just He's bizarre. killing it. Real quick, we got one more NFL game. Hopefully we can do it before the I didn't ta- draft him. The, the, the song expires. Lions are at the Rams. Minus 15 and a half. Like a Rams. Going with here. Rams. 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 Ryan. Rams. Don't you do it. It's a lot of points. Don't it you is do way it. too many points. Are you going Lions? I'm going to go Lions. Oh, man, I really want to go Lions. I'm going Lions. <laughs> oh, no. All right, so real quick before we start the college, how many points would it take for you to take the Lions? 48. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> Woo. Just watch. All right, so, 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 Ryan. so obviously you guys took the Rams at 15 and a half. Right? Uh, so let's move it to 18. Oh, I was going to say 17 and a half might make me go Lions. All right, so 18, you would take Lions. Yeah, probably. Ryan, would you take the Lions at 18? Rams. 20 and a half. <laughs> I'd still go Rams. That's three possessions. Dude, it's not that much. 21 and a half. Rams. Go, go up to 48. 23 and a half. I'd go Lions. You'd go Lions at 23 and a half? No, probably 27 and a half. 27 and a half is his number. <laughs> 27 and a half. Oh. If they don't cover 27 and a half, Ryan will shoot the boot. Is that what we were talking about? I don't think so. No, that's not how it works. <laughs> that's not how it We got some college fun. games to get into. <laughs> not that great of a slate here. Um, we got Wisconsin at Purdue, who is ranked 25th. That's the only reason why it made the list today. Um, Look at that. Purdue is a two-point, or sorry, three-point underdog oh. at home against Wisconsin. Micah, who you got? I'm gonna go with Purdue. Graham Mertz has not been looking good at all this year. Ryan, man, it's hard to bet against a home team that's a dog, but I'm, I'll go with Wisconsin in this one. I got to catch my guy. Yeah, I, I'm actually gonna uh-huh. go Wisconsin mainly because I actually heard that there are two teams that control their own destiny on that side of the Big Ten, 
Wisconsin is one of them. If they win out, they win that side of the conference. Really? Yeah, because none of their losses are on that side of the conference yet. So they control their own destiny. So, so I'm going to go Wisconsin. I think they're going to get things straightened up. They're not going to win the conference, but or that side of the conference. But yeah, they're going to they're going to do it against Purdue. We got Ohio State, who is ranked fifth at Indiana, plus nineteen, a nineteen point home underdog. Micah, who you got here? I'm going Ohio State. Unfortunately, Ryan. I'm going to take Grice. I mean, uh, Ohio State. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Ohio State here <laughs> as well. Uh, pretty obvious pick there. Uh, and then our last one before we get into the Hayes and Blue pick, USC at number 13, Notre Dame. Notre Dame is a seven-point home favorite. Micah. Even though I don't think either team is that good, I think USC is, like, really, really not good. I'm going to go with Notre Dame. I'm right there with you, Ryan. Notre Dame. Very, very good. We're all on the same page there. Man, I really wish I would have taken what Indiana. we know of, uh, we don't know Ron, John and Kyle's pick yet. Now they're just going to be there and changing their picks and stuff like that. But we got Michigan back on the slate to this week. It is our Hazen Blue pick of the week. Hazen Blue is a crushable New England IPA that features Citra and Mosaic hops um, and brewed with real blueberries. It's 5.5% alcohol by volume and 20 IBUs. Obviously, Hazen Blue is a big lake brewing special. Man, they're, they're Hazen Blue. They're Sparty Party. Good big lake, man. Look at that hat. That's a nice-looking hat. I like it a lot. What were uh, you going to say? I have no idea. It's nice. Next week, we, I mean, we got the Sparty Party versus Hazen Blue. We do. And But for now, we just got to make our, our pick for Michigan. Uh, I think it's actually moved a little bit, but I'm going to stick with our, our 21 and a half Michigan uh, as the favorite there. Micah, where are you going with this one? I have no reason right now to bet against Michigan, so give me Michigan. Ryan? Man, that's a lot of points. Um, I think Michigan plays differently at home, so I'm going to go Michigan here. Yeah, I mean, that many points I would love to try to sneak one past Micah here and get a little closer, but I just, this isn't the time to do it. It isn't. Um, You can easily see them winning by 21 and a half or, or more, um, but you could see it being like a 17 to 10 point game too. Yep. Um, it'll be interesting to see, and that, that's where, where I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Michigan, um, and hopefully they they figure it out. Uh, real quick, I did want to mention uh, our Sparty Party. Um, obviously, they they moved up to what was it number nine in the country this year or this week? I believe so. Um, Sparty Party is the New England IPA with Mandarina, Bavaria, and Amarillo hops. It's seven percent alcohol by volume. 53 IBUs. It is a very, very good IPA. Very good IPA. Another well-done IPA by Big Lake. Uh, and just check out Big Lake. They, they have some of the best beer, um, especially along the lake shore. if you're out that way. Their tap room's sweet, right? Big Lake is awesome. That is seriously one of the... And I, I remember when we were getting ready to record there, they're like, you know, our, our tap room's a little small. We, we actually recorded at the uh, production facility, which was a great time. Yeah. Huge shout-out to those guys. Thanks again for having us. Um, but, like, then I went to the tap room, I think, that that same weekend. And I was yeah. like, yep. they called this small? Like, this, that, it is a nice facility, very open, not claustrophobic at all. You know what I mean? Like, just has a great feel. Um, love what they do. Signed up for their Wi-Fi, and I get promotions all the time on their 
their email and stuff. Ooh, which is, yeah. promos. Yeah, they get. Let's go. So I, like, I think I get 20% off next time I get out that Beer way, promos. So. It doesn't get any better. No, it does not. It does not. That is for dang sure. You were going to say something. Yeah, what do you think about um, three one-loss teams being ahead of uh, Michigan State? I think Alabama, right. Penn State, so Ohio State. Is Iowa above them too? Uh, I don't think. I think Iowa dropped out. I thought they dropped out of the top ten, or maybe are at ten. Or, yeah, maybe pull it. But like, like, I think it's unfair that Michigan and Ohio State, or sorry, Michigan and Michigan State, like there are one loss teams ahead of Michigan and in Michigan State. But at the same time, I look at both of their resumes, and I get it. I think it's fair. I think there's way too many questions for Michigan and Michigan State to be like, oh, we're we're being treated unfairly. For Alabama to still be number four, I think I think that's fair. I really do. Like, yeah, they're gonna have I, to lose against Georgia to make it. A I think stick. Alabama should be number two. Personally, I think they should be ahead of Cincinnati. I think they should be ahead of um, Oklahoma. Oklahoma is is I think the most overrated team up there. Agreed. They've been exposed multiple times, and. They they should be right there with Michigan and Michigan State. I think Michigan and Michigan State should be like seven, eight, and nine. Is Caleb Williams going to be the quarterback of the Lions in two years? No. No. JJ McCarthy. Hey. Oh. <laughs> hey. Whoa. Caden McNamara like, is gonna take over for Goff. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a good time. We welcome it's change. It's time to grade our Michigan beers for this episode, but before we do, I want to once again remind everyone of our partner, Siciliano's Market. They're simply the best beer store in West Michigan, located on Lake Michigan Drive, right between Grand Valley State University's main campus and downtown Grand Rapids. Wherever you live in West Michigan, it is worth the short drive for what they have to offer. Whether you know what you want or you need some help from their expert staff, Siciliano's Market is the best place for that. They not only have a massive and up-to-date inventory of the best craft beers from across our great nation, they're individually priced so you can mix and match to build your own six-pack. Along with their great selection of craft beer, they have specialty wines, spirits, ciders, coffee, tea, tobacco, and cigars. They also have the largest selection of homebrew and winemaking supplies in West Michigan. We love that Siciliano's Market is part of the state of my sports family and is who we visit to help us choose our Michigan beers for each and every episode. So please check them out and let them know that we sent you. Again, huge shout out to Kyle, listener Kyle, co-worker Kyle. Uh, he, he gave me this uh, beer from Oradoc. It is Bums Beach. We've had, Ryan, you did this one in episode sixty something, I think. Do you remember the grade I gave? I do not. I should have. Oh, man, I thought up. you might have had that because you told me I'm, the episode. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look it up here before <laughs> before the end. But um, again, real quick about this beer, it is a pale wheat and pilsner malts lay out. They're crisp yet creamy. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I feel like I was gonna describe the beer and then I started reading. Like, <laughs> Go for it. Start over. It is a pale wheat and pilsner malt. Or, oh my gosh! You guys want to start this off? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll start if you want. <laughs> All right, I, I got this. I got okay. this. Oradoc is in Marquette, Michigan. <laughs> I'm just 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 changing. <laughs> Go for it. Changing different packs. part of the can. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> their their slogan is "Drawn from the greatest of lakes, fashioned into the finest of beers." Wow, that is that's really well well said. Um. Man, all right. So this is an American wheat ale, five point eight percent alcohol by volume, and this is how they describe it: It is a pale wheat and pilsner malts lay out their crisp yet creamy rays of ripe citrus through a hazy shade of self 
Shore Sun. You worked through it, buddy. I got it. That was I good. Got there. I got it. Good. It took me four tries. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, I checked out, but yeah. I, yeah, I'm sure most of our <laughs> listeners did too. Um, what water wants to be is Oradox beer. Man, that's the truth. So many good things going on on this can. Look, I, I think this is a good beer. I'm not the wheat beers aren't my 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 favorite. A um, little heavier than I think they need to be. When you're not getting as much alcohol, I guess that's where I kind of lay. It was a good beer though. Very good flavor. I'm gonna go with a seven point five. Ooh. I thought he was going to say 7-9. Nice. Uh, Micah. I'll go next. Black Rocks. Right. I'm going with Oktoberfest <laughs> Marzen-style <laughs> lager. Uh, this is a traditional Marzen-style malt forward with a balanced bouquet of select noble hops. And I asked Ryan to read this German stuff down here, and I, I just... He I, said I, no? Yeah. Well, he... He got one word, and there's lots of words, and I'm not going for it. So, Our laden. Uh, it's a 5.8 percenter. This is one of the better Oktoberfest beers I've had. It's not as heavy as a lot of the other ones. You know, it's but, that lager style. Yeah, they called it the lager, right? So it's not, so, it's not the... And I appreciate that. Yeah. Because a lot of the other ones can be really hard to drink. And, you know, I, I don't think anyone sits down on a weekend and... You know, they get themselves a six-pack or a 12-pack and just, you know, sits there and drinks Oktoberfest all weekend. Maybe they do. Maybe it's in a boot or something. I don't know. But this das boot. This beer, you can drink all weekend. So I'm going to give this a 7.9. Nice. Yeah, most Oktoberfest, like, it seemed to be really heavy. It was super heavy. But if, you, but if like, true German Oktoberfest is, like, Hefeweizen and, like, light. Yeah. Very German drinkable. beer. Yeah. Crushable. Crushable. There you go. I am drinking double Voyager, double IPA from uh, Arvon Brewing Company. Again, this is made with um, uh, Galaxy Citro Mosaic Hops, 9.0%. Um, I'm... Again, big fan of the double IPAs from uh, Arvon, what they have coming out out there, and I feel the same way about this. I'm going to go an 8.1. I think, man, this is like a rich, rich beer, and if you have it, the difference between the double IPA and the triple IPA, I would expect to be, I would expect them to to taste the same and just be maybe a little bit heavier versus lighter, but yeah. the, the flavor is going to be pretty consistent between the two because this is like a very, very strong flavor, which might be overpowering if you're not into that. I kind of really like the double IPAs, so I think it was perfect for me. 8-1. Very nice. Very good score. Uh, thank you to uh, all the breweries that allow us to drink their beer. Sessionals Market obviously gives us great recommendations, and, and we get beer from other other outlets as well, so thank you all for that. Um, and also thank you guys for, for, for recording tonight. Really appreciate that. I'm trying to get the outro um, going here. Thank you all for watching live. Getting your comments out there. It wasn't a whole lot today. I appreciate it. Um, Sorry, the wings really one, four, one. Red, four to one. Four to one. Four to oh, one. I thought they had to shut one. up. Um, well, thank you guys for recording. You bet. Talk to you next week. You've been listening to State of My Sports. Peace. If not soon. From the Red Wings to the Lions to the Tigers to the Pistons to Michigan and Michigan State and everything hey, in week. between. We're talking about it. We're still talking. And don't forget the beer.
We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. In the meantime, hook up with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch at State of My Sports with an M-I. We'll see you next time.